Yo, what up? Counter Currents, episode number 17. I'm 18? Fuck. Well, 17 was still special, and you should listen to it. It's with Andrew Cook. But now, me and my co-host... Alana Torres. We're here, again, doing episode 18 with a very special guest today. It's his birthday. He's one of the staples of DC Comedy regular of three guys on podcast and just amazing comedian in general andy Klein. hello hello it's back-to-back andy's or andrews yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so next week you've got to get andrew bucket oh wow you there's gotta an idea the set is there another one i think i think that's it yeah <laughs> i think yeah that's it i've been on shows where me and andrew cook and andrew bucket have all gone on in a row Wow. Not intentionally, but it's just, that's just, so it's like the Andrew block. Right. <laughs> but I go by Andy, so it's different. But uh, I don't think, I think that's it. I don't think there's another one on the scene, is there? Is there another Andrew? The only other Andy I want on an open mic is Easy Andy, the fucking uh, contraband dealer from Taxi Driver. Oh, okay. Remember yeah. him? He sells him like the <laughs> thing, stop an elephant, this 357 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, we don't have any Drews either. Do we have a Drew? No. No. There's no Drews. Drew's a rare one. Drew Michael. Yeah, but doesn't Drew Drew sounds like a DC name to me. Like yeah. I could just see Drew walking around Georgetown yeah. in his like boat shoes and a <laughs> collar. Right. I get, I've been called people have attempted Drew for me a couple times. It you are so not a Drew. It doesn't work. Yeah. People have attempted Drew. Um and when people get it wrong. When people, like, you know, you misremember someone's name, they always go Alan when people mess up my name. Really? So, yeah. People Alan, mess up Andy? People, you I, know when they, they misremember, like, they think, yeah. what's your name again? Uh, and then they get it wrong. Alan is a, a, a frequent guess really? for people. Yeah, I guess I look like an Alan. No. But Drew does not stick. Drew's never stuck. No. I, I don't think I would answer to Drew. People try to call me Alana. Uh-huh. All the time, and the few times I meet Alanas, yeah, I automatically don't like them because I'm like, you're <laughs> the one, right? You're ru- they're ruining it for you. Yeah, and and like today at the dentist, they said Elena, which I'm like, I I've never met an Elena. Do you know an Elena? No, no, that. But then I guess they could be thinking Helena, but I've never yeah. met a Helena. I mean, yeah, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, there, there you go. That's the yeah. only one. Uh, Helena. I'm glad you brought her up. You know, we're huge fans of Miami Vice on Counter Currents. Okay. She definitely played a two-episode cameo role where she, yeah, where she was hooked on heroin and she was a doctor and she was Don Johnson's um, girlfriend he was, like, smitten with and shit. What and year would that have been? That was, like, 86, I want to say. It was season either two or three. How old is Helena Bonham Carter? Uh, well, let's see. Is she old? Is uh, she like the She's got to be in her late 40s. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be late right. 40s at, at least. Yeah. So that would have been when she was probably like pretty super young, probably yeah. in her like early 20s. Struggling young actress, gets her first role. Yeah, doing a couple TV spots. Yeah. And that sounds like a good role for her. Actually, she was born in 1966, so she would have been like 20. Okay. When that joint dropped, That's yo, right. she was crucial. <laughs> 
Are in, you looking at old pictures of her? Indeed. No, I'm looking at her her oh, resume okay. actually. Yeah, yeah. Keep your head out of the gutter, Klein. Jesus. Well, the way you, that look you had on your face. It yeah. didn't look like you were looking at words. I know. I got a pretty bad tell. I have to admit. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, there were some great cameos on that program. Well, we don't want to go down to Lafayette land, but um, yeah. that said, um, what have you been getting into recently? Now, you did the hour like a year ago, right? The CD came out almost a year and a half ago. A year and a half. A year and five months at this point. Yeah. So It's now vintage. Yeah, it's getting there. <laughs> so now I'm like, I don't know how many minutes I have toward the next one. At one point, I felt like early on, I felt like, oh, I got 20 minutes now already. And then, then then I was like, eh, I hate all of it. So now I have 12 minutes. So right now, at this point, I'm probably, I probably have a solid 25 that I would put on another CD. I was actually thinking, because in the era of the seven track album, like, I don't know if maybe the next one should just be like a 30 minute EP kind of thing. People don't release half hour comedy albums, but they might start. You know? Yeah. And if there's something semi-topical, a year from now it might be a little bit stale, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. My next one, might, I might wait a year and see if I have a good hour that I like that I want to burn. Right. Or I don't know. Maybe like in maybe less than a year, I might just record something and put it out. I don't is, know. Is there something topical that could be timeless? Something like I don't know Andy Klein's thoughts on Jesus or something, or like yeah. And there's stuff too that you think is topical when you write it. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this will be good for like a month, and then everyone will get sick of it, and then you realize it's in the mind of the crowd. It's actually not that topical. It's actually something that's part of their consciousness even six months later, you know? Right. And you can still do the joke. So sometimes you can fool yourself, and people talk themselves out of that, too, where it's like, I don't want to just write topical jokes. I'll do it three times, and it's not worth the effort to work on a topical joke, and it won't be good. And then you don't realize that 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 joke actually wasn't that uh, didn't have much of a shelf life. You could still do it like six months or a year later. So sure, I still explore those. And there's other ones that go the opposite. I'm like, oh, this is a pretty evergreen joke. And then like two months later, the crowd's like, eh, we're Who not cares? into that. Like the, it's yeah. just kind of it's part of the zeitgeist. It's not on people's minds. Then they're not really into it. You know, if I, I've I've done bits about guns where like sometimes they're kind of stale. Other times, right after a shooting. Even though the bit might be a year old, It'll always be fresh in this yeah, country. Yeah, thing. It's like it's, there's, it's always <laughs> back on people's minds. So, if had I thought, well, this is just about this shooting last week, it's going to be stale. It's going to be not topical. Then I wouldn't have several minutes of material that I really like. So, I don't know. I mean, some of that stuff though, I I just I used to overthink it. Now I'm just like, yeah, people. Even if it's an old topic, people will remember it. If I say, remember that thing from six months ago, people, it's not that old, Mm-mm. you know. People will get it. Yeah, I've found that a lot with, I tell a series of Melania jokes. Yeah. And they, they've been working for yeah. over a year. And yeah. I'll like just say like what you, you know, remember when this happened and everybody does. Yeah. And the laughs will still be the same. And certain things happen like when she wore that jacket. Right. I was like, all my Melania stuff is ruined. No one's going <laughs> to, no one's going to like it. Cause my perspective on her is like. She's on our side. Right. No one hates being there. Right. No no one hates his presidency more than she does. Right, right. And so I figured once the jacket happened and she got so villainized, I thought that my jokes would be done. I was like, well, those yeah. five minutes of Melania stuff has to be thrown out. But two weeks later, I tried it and everybody had forgotten. And yeah. everybody felt the same way. 
Yeah, and that's I've had that with Trump jokes, where it's like you can tell sometimes the crowd seems to be getting a little tired of talking about him, and then three weeks later they're like right back, you know, thirsting for some kind of, you know, some kind of attack on Trump or whatever. Yeah. So you never know. It's just one of those things too, where it's like just if you think of a joke, fucking write it and do it. Just Even if do it, see what it does. If it works twice ever. It's still it's still a good exercise to think. Okay, th- I thought of this thing happened today. I thought of a joke right away. I wrote it right away, and that'll help you down the road when you need to write something quickly. If you feel like you got to generate something, or if someone has commissioned you to write jokes, like if you get a writing job, it's like you got to got to work that skill too. Now, you know? have you ever had a writing job? Because I know I hear your name bandied around a lot when people say, hey, you'd be a great guy for a writing team. I know Randolph's told yeah. me if I have a writing team, Andy's my <laughs> director. I've never had like a official staff writing job. I've written for people sort of under the table, people who have been on things who maybe need a little help you know, mm-hmm. because their workload is too high. So I've kind of written under the table for people here and there. Yeah. Um, but you I've gave never, me a verb once. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I'll throw. And I've I give people lines and things, but I've never had my name go by in the credits as a staff writer for anything. Mm-hmm. And some of that is just uh, I haven't been in positions to submit at the right time, or like when I was in when I was living in New York, there weren't a lot of shows in New York. Right. And now there's more. So, you know, we know people who've got writing jobs. Uh, Brian Parisi's mm-hmm. on John Oliver's show. Like, that wasn't a show that was available to submit to when I lived sure. there. And now that I live here, it's I could probably still submit to stuff like that, but it's not. It's just not the same when you're not there. Like, you know, you're not as immediately available, you know, uh, available or just even knowledgeable about that. So, yeah, I mean, but I've written for people. It's it's different. It's, uh, it's more about how it's never going to be like every joke you write is great because mm-hmm. it's just how could it be? Like some of these monologue mm-hmm. guys, they go in and they write 100 jokes every day. They look at the paper and they're like, scribble down 100. It's like a formula for them. And then they do 10 jokes on the show and it, all the writers write 50 to 75 or 100 jokes. So it's like, well, okay, this is not going to be great. It's just a matter of is your mind active enough to generate dozens of jokes every day? And some great writers aren't. Yeah. They work slower. I think I work fairly slow but mm-hmm. some of it also just when your back's against the wall and you're like i gotta come up with 10 jokes right now you'd be surprised how you're able to sort of cobble together 10 mediocre eight mediocre one pretty good one great joke you know yeah i think that's right i think if you're under a lot of pressure yeah and you have experience writing that's it's amazing what your brain yeah. can kind of do i mean this is a parallel and a, a different thing less hard than writing but like when I did was doing Mexican soaps for years, <laughs> you know, we would get pages and pages and pages of, and, of stuff. Yeah. And you'd be like, how am I going to memorize right. so much? In a, and you just and you just train your brain. Right. And now I can and for stand up. It's been super helpful because I never need to work with notes because I yeah. just like my brain just knows how to do that. And I feel like with writing formulaic monologue topical jokes yeah i feel like once you're in that mode and you're doing it every day and like you said being pushed into a corner yeah and being under that high pressure like if you don't do this you're fired <laughs> right everyone else <laughs> is doing it in this right. room you got to do right. it right it's like roast jokes too like there's a kind of formula to them totally and if you only write roast jokes every now and then you're, you're not going to be as good but if you're writing roast jokes all the time you're just plugged into the way the kind of the mathematics of it totally and you can just spit out you know jokes like that much more readily and again most of them suck but right 
couple gems come out, and you had to go through the shit to get to the gems. You know? Could you imagine having that job going through 700 of, like, all these different <laughs> writers' fucking jokes and trying to pick 10? Yeah, like, the head writer, like, on those shows usually makes those decisions. Like, I don't, I don't even understand how that works, because if I read 50 jokes, I don't, they're all just, it's a blur, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I... I'm assuming they all like they play favorites. There's some people whose work they just use more than others. Um, I don't even know how that how that happens. Like yeah. it's, it's and then you watch the show and you're like, those were the best. Yeah, like, right. Those, like let's see the outtakes. Yeah, sure. Well, some of them too. It's like I know like Anthony Jasenlik wrote for I think when Jimmy Fallon was on Late Night, mm-hmm. and he's a he's a guy who can just spit out jokes, but I don't think a lot of his jokes probably got on because they're dark or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay, they didn't choose the best jokes. They chose the best ones that the network would approve and that wouldn't offend too many people. You know, they're not going to choose his whatever uh, darker stuff. So that's the part of it too. It's like a lot of it is compromised, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like an artist is commissioned to, you know, draw the stuff that's on the wall here or whatever. It's like, sure. you know, he just comes in and dry. It's not his best work, maybe. It's not the most inspired work. It's just he can crank out solid work every single day. And that's how you got to look at it as a comic. And so when it's time to write a topical joke and you talk yourself out of it, just like just pretend someone has commissioned you to write about whatever happened in the news today. And then, you know, maybe it'll all suck, but... At least he wrote some shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Some of that, two lines of that might make their way into another bit a month from now. Like two great lines that don't go anywhere. Right. Eventually they go somewhere. Sure. Because you, know, you took the time to write them. They stick around kind of in your subconscious and then maybe the right impetus draws them out. Yeah. In the social sphere. And then yeah, you got to do it like within 30 minutes or... It'll never work. The comedy light bulb <laughs> has to turn on. Yeah. And if, if it's not if you're not used to turning it on, you just miss shit. I mean I I zone out all the time. I'm like, I should be thinking of jokes right now. Right. And I don't. And I probably miss opportunities, but if you're always in that frame of mind, you're just gonna see jokes everywhere. My know? problem is I see a ton of them and then I don't write them down and I just forget them. <laughs> do you do the thing where you remember everything up to the joke like if you th- if you i have this thing where i i'll have like a an idea will pop into my head i'll be driving in the car right and then this line or this joke will pop into my head and i'll be like oh i gotta write that down when i get home or whatever and then 10 minutes later it's gone but i can remember every thought up to that point and every thought after that point it's like a there's a void it's almost mm-hmm. like you know like when you wake up and you kind of remember your dream but then like 10 minutes later you have no recollection of it like someone has pulled the drain on a tub and the water just drains out and you it's like that it's like I don't, it's, I don't know if you go into a dream state or something similar but i've had a lot of that where it's like the joke's not there anymore i can't yeah. think of it hours later days later it's this gone. was like this back when i rhymed all the time you know and i yeah. don't write lyrics as much as i used to but it cormega was saying he does the same shit he just goes home and then fucking forgets them or yeah whatever so you gotta have like a notepad it's so weird though i don't know it, it, I have, like, a psychological impediment to being that guy that's just walking around with, like, his joke metal detector ready to, like, <laughs> see it and dig it up and, like, <laughs> and right. then, you know, take a picture or pull out the iPhone or 
have like a bookie pad with like spirals and like write it down. Yeah, I don't well, you know. can do it on your phone now too. You can just scribble or just do a voice memo. Yeah, just, you that's know. probably better. I just gotta man up. Yeah, I don't technology. do. I, mean, I don't. I have a good <laughs> enough memory. I trust my memory. I have a probably the best memory of anyone I know. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't need to write it down, but I still yeah, forget things. I'm the same way. Yeah. And my memory's starting to get a little fading just with age. I think <laughs> it's like correlative. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always say, oh, I got the best memory. I'm going to fucking remember this. And then I don't. And I'm like, that's stupid. Cause that's the only thing you probably cared about today was yeah. that joke. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll sometimes scribble down at least just a couple keywords, like a premise or whatever in my phone. But often I won't. And to my detriment, like, it's like, why didn't I just stop and write that down? Or if I'm in the car, just do a little voice thing on the phone. It's so easy now to document yeah. your day. And people document their day just for the hell of it, like on you know, Instagram stories or yeah, whatever. It's like, well, why can't I document this thought I had? So I try to remind myself, like, I'll do, like, a Gmail draft or whatever or Evernote where it syncs to your computer and you can mm-hmm. just go home and pull up. And sometimes I'll forget that I wrote that thing down. That's what happens to me. Yeah. I write everything down, but then I forget <laughs> right. that I wrote it down. And then, like, two months later, I'll go through my notes yeah. looking for a joke that I did remember and be like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about this thing. Right. And then there's, like, this gold sitting there. Yeah. That, and then also the other thing that happens, sometimes five years later you'll run across a thought that yeah. you wrote down. And maybe you weren't a good enough comic yet to make that funny, but you knew it was funny. And then five years later, you're a better writer. Yeah. So you're like, oh, why didn't I develop that? Oh, because I wasn't ready to develop that. And now here, five years later, I've got this gold, golden premise. I'll do, I'll look through my Facebook memories just to do that. Yeah. Because I'll post things that to me is just like a dumb status update or a tweet. And then a year or two, four years later, whatever, I'll look through every day. I check my Facebook memories. I'm like, wait, that's a bit. What what was I? Just putting it on Facebook and forgetting about it for. I have several bits of my act that came from just looking at a an old tweet or whatever and thinking, I'm just going to say that on stage tonight and see what happens. You know, I'm going to yeah. say my three-year-old tweet. Oh, shit, it's a bit. I had no idea back then. But but Twitter is can also be the notebook where you scribble shit down. That's true. You know? That's true. A lot of people use it for that. Petey, you kind of use it for that, don't you? A little bit, yeah. And every now and then I'll start going back, but then I... You know, starts becoming pretty laborious to write down everything I thought was a hit, and even if it was with like a hundred likes or whatever, yeah. And there's a lot of those, and then I'm like, Jesus! After like a few months, I haven't taken any of these to the fucking stage, and I get depressed, and then I, was, <laughs> like, I don't want to do it anymore, right? And sometimes I'll repeat them and not remember I've thought this thing before and made this joke. Like I think I did that. The other day, because I saw a picture of a guy I know holding a newborn, and I was like, oh, shit. And then I realized he was like, oh, happy thing to my new niece or something. And I was like, oh, you ever get that sigh of relief when you see a dude with a newborn? And then it's like, oh, it's just my niece. And I'm like, (laughs) and I think that's a good joke, but I think I must have done that before. I I vaguely remember that. Yeah. And And it. seems like a kind of common obvious sort of thing so i don't know but yeah yeah i should probably write them down and then just go and take them to the stage but then it's sort of like the thing i have with like one-liners where it's like all right you get these great jokes but then how am i gonna 
remember this to put it into a bit because I'm not going to sit there and remember like 21 liners because that's just not me. Yeah, but it's all see all these things lead to more work. Yeah, to more effort. Yes, they so do. So if you don't start that ripple effect, you can you can just stay away from working. Yeah. So there's a lot of it is just like your your brain is trying to figure out a way to justify. You know, Mitch Hedberg had that bit about how he writes jokes, but sometimes the pen is kind of far away right. across the room, so he has to convince him, he has to either go get the pen or convince himself what he thought of wasn't funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so we all subconsciously do that. It's like, eh, it's not a bit. I don't eh, I don't, eh it's going to be a whole effort to yeah. put all these things together and build this thing out of all these one-liners. Eh, fuck it. It's not worth it. Eh, it's topical. Not worth it. Or mm-hmm. I, don't t- I don't do relationship jokes. That's not me, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that or whatever the case may be. And then, like, I got it. I got 10 minutes. It'll work. I'm comfortable. And you get a comfort zone. You go up and do well and walk off stage and you feel good about yourself. But then you miss an opportunity, you know? Yeah. So I guess the lesson from veteran Andy Klein to Petey Steele is stop dodging work, you pussy. Yeah. Uh, and that's a good lesson. I think we all need to hear that from time to time. Yeah. And I think for me, it's don't be afraid of doing topical stuff. Because right. I think in when I was really knew the election was happening. And yeah. I, to this day, think one of the best jokes I ever wrote was an election joke right. where I did I do this, I did this big act out of the election coverage on Telemundo. <laughs> right. Which is, which was just, it, it, which I actually saw on Telemundo and it was just super funny because it was just a telenovela as the election, which is that's what it was anyway. But yeah. I loved doing it so much and it worked so well. And the day after the election, it was just absolutely done. <laughs> right. And so since then, other than the like Melania stuff, I get afraid of topical material because I'm like, if I love it as much as I love that joke yeah. and then s- you can't keep doing it. Right. And then it's gone. Ha- yeah. It's just done. You yeah. can't like people aren't interested anymore and it's never going to have like that same electrifying thing yeah. in the room that it does in the moment because it's topical also, it might not you know? it, it but it, the pendulum might swing back there might be another election there might be something else right where you can u- and again it could be years later right. I've, I've resurrected bits 10 years later and like wait right. a minute that's that works again you know right and if you don't like if you don't develop it especially like i did my first album after you know, like 18 years and mm-hmm. so I have so many bits that just went away. They're just gone. Yeah. I didn't record them. They don't exist anywhere. Mm-hmm. I can't do them anymore because there are bits that a younger guy would do, like mm-hmm. bits about being single or the angst of being in your 20s or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're just gone. Those bits don't exist in any capacity. They're just in the ether. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't Twitter and Facebook to at least keep a record that way. But, like, if you have it, then develop it, and it might you might be able to use it later. Yeah. It might be uh, ten years from now, it might be it might be on your CD, you know. Yeah. Because there's another election where you can basically use that for the new thing that just happened or whatever, right. some crazy news coverage or something else, and you can take elements of it. And lo and behold, it works again, and the bit doesn't just disappear forever. You know, yeah. it exists somewhere. It's recorded. I've got so much material that just it's gone. You know, and yeah. I worked on that, and it worked for a few years, and all that stuff. And then it's just like not having ever worked on it. It's just like I yeah. should have talked myself out of it because it doesn't exist anymore. But you know, had I not worked on it, I wouldn't have been able to write the bits that came after that. Totally. You know. Totally. Yeah, I can't imagine doing 
doing stuff before being able to take my phone on stage and recording stuff. Because then I would just forget. I mean, talk about forgetting. I would forget. Yeah. People used all to do, my new stuff. People used to do those little mini tape recorders. Oh, I remember those. The ones that like you would listen to it. You would do like a college lecture. You would record. Yeah. People would bring those on stage. Um, I'm sure there was an era before that where people would take on the full-on tape recorder, the yeah, radio like shack. Like the big thing and put yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, there was an era where people would send audio tapes to clubs because camcorders weren't readily available. Right. So let, me see a ta- let me hear a tape. Right. And you would tape your set. I mean, I, this was before my time, but I heard about people doing that. Mm-hmm. And you would just mail an audio tape like a oh Maxell right. audio tape to a club wow, with your headshot and your bio. So it's like whatever technology. There was probably a time when there was nothing people could do to record their set, though. I mean, what are you going to – you're not going to bring a reel-to-reel if it's like the 60s or, or Yeah, the like 70s. Rodney Dangerfield and that right. age group. What did they all do? Yeah, I don't know. That's – Victrola. <laughs> they take a Victrola on stage. I guess. Is there a recording function on that ever? No, I don't think no, so. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm just sure there was. Picking out like antiquated audio equipment. Yeah, he was dragging. So you got like a dolly dragging your giant recorder on yeah. stage. <laughs> you just have to have like witnesses you take with you. Yeah. Like a midget or something. Yeah, or you just have a better memory. Like Just like now, people don't remember phone numbers because they don't have to. Yeah. There was a time when you knew 100 phone numbers. Dude, yeah. I knew the whole fucking phone book in middle school. Yeah. Yeah, addresses too. Yeah. I'd freak people out at parties. You knew all the all the pizza places, all the businesses in town, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Plus, some of them had memorable numbers. Like every comedy club tried to have ha-ha as their number, like 202-432-ha-ha <laughs> ha, or whatever. And so you'd have that. Uh, I think there was a – I think – what the comedy cafe was ha ha in dc every city probably had a oh that's the one above um archibald's right yeah that fucking jay leno used to uh everyone came through there yeah Yeah. that was like in an a room that's where i first started you went to the oh wow yeah my first because i started started in 94 and i kind of did it a little bit and kind of got out of it and i started my i count 98 as my start date but 94 the comedy cafe was there and this was when, like, Chris Rock would be coming in the headline. Wow. You know, this was like he was a club headliner at that point. And Jake Johansson and people like that and probably Leno. Leno was probably a little before that because he was already on Tonight Show. But mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Archibald's was the strip club on the first floor. Yep. And then the middle floor was a sports bar. Fast Eddie's. Billiards it's Fast Eddie's now. It, it now. was called yeah. Fanatics back then. Fast Eddie's is the second and third floors now. The Comedy Cafe yeah. was mm-hmm. the third floor. And then they just closed it and made it. They put pool tables up there, basically, and made it Fast Eddie's. I used to hang out with the guy that did all the silverware and urinal cakes and all that shit over there at uh, Archibald's. <laughs> they had a urinal cake guy? Oh, yeah. They got a guy <laughs> from Adam's Birch. I mean, he covered everything, but that was what I thought was the coolest thing. He was the guy. He was the go-to, like, urinal cake guy? Oh, yeah. He was like the... You got to get him somewhere. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I guess... Yeah, I, that's a New York thing where everyone has a guy. Mm-hmm. Like if you like, you need a muffler. Got a guy. Yeah. You did. He, I didn't ever heard a urinal cake guy. Guy. Like, yeah. He's the best. The best <laughs> urinal cakes <laughs> in the city. Like, <laughs> so anyway, he um, had me plugged in with the guy at Archibald's, and we were gonna do something on the floor at Fast Eddie's because the okay. same guy owns it and all, but. You know, Haywood and all of them. This was back in the district days. You were going to do a comedy up there? We were going to do comedy again up there. And 
we were going to move in with some district comedy muscle yeah. and all this, and then it just never came to fruition. I think it's the same owner. Still. Yeah, it is. The same guy who owned, because the, uh, the guy who owned the Comedy Cafe owned Fast Eddie's. He just made it a Fast Eddie's. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, uh, maybe he's not still there. Dan Harris was his name. Dan Harris. Yeah, is that's that him. him. That's yeah. the, yeah, that is him. Still around. I still get emails from that guy. <laughs> it's either porn or it's fucking. Um, he emails you porn? Yeah, well, him and the, the urinal cake guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, they'll anytime I get something and I see their name in the subject thing, I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. So or they put it's going to be. There. They send mass emails out with porn? Uh, yeah. In fact, I'll type it in now. Let me see what the titles are. Yeah, I don't know if you want to do you want to broadcast were. this publicly that this is I mean, uh, how well do you know these people? They're just sending you porn? Is that a thing that I mean, you know, it's just a thing amongst guys. I guess so. So I'll send things like four it'll say like four of a kind. It'll be like the subject matter and then what? you open it up and it's like <laughs> let's see, we're downloading here. And Whoa. I had no idea. This is the great thing about doing a podcast with PD. He holds nothing, nothing. back. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. This is very like, like, you know, four chicks on a couch together, you know, doing <laughs> what just, they're doing. It seems so antiquated to email porn to people yeah. in this day and age. You can just send a link. You can just, who needs, who's, who, these are old men. <laughs> who needs I was porn? an old man, you know, while I was still young. Andrew yeah. Unger says I sound like I'm 50. You well, know. I guess so. I yeah. I mean, maybe if you're older, this you still you have old. I school. grew up tough and I grew up mean. <laughs> my stomach got lean and my fist got keen, or some shit. I don't know. That's also I don't operate on that level of male bonding either. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. The the like, hey guys, check it out. Porn. I've never been like in a circle of yeah. Friends. Or it's like you know, engineering. <laughs> Engineering explain practical demonstration, and it's like the ball bearings bouncing into each other, and then right below it's like a lady with like double D's wiping a counter off, and they're just like boom, 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 boom. So she's not even having sex. She's no, just it's just like tits doing things, and that's <laughs> apparently hilarious. Oh, they're not even. She still has clothes on. So what is the purpose of this email? This this email was not for the porn. Oh, see, a minute ago you were excited. Now you're deriding my fucking friend's I just, porn. I, I, well, yeah, I am. I am <laughs> deriding your friend's porn. I feel like... Um, it's one thing to take a moral stance, but if we're going to talk about quality, you know, it was once said by Sir Bertrand Russell that censors are the biggest perverts. I think oh, we're seeing a little of this here and there. Oh, I'm not a censor. I just, <laughs> I just feel like... I'm more in the you could do better camp. You know what I mean? Like this is not yeah. if you're looking for porn on the internet, your your Gmail inbox with a lady wiping a counter is, is like it's not even top hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, I share this perspective, but that's such a like dude thing. I feel like it's a yeah. whose dick is bigger competition within dudes like look at this look it's a yeah. chick with tits doing <laughs> something. That we wish our wives would do, you know, or like right. some right. shit like that. But it, but it's always just kind of like why? It's just not that it is funny. Weird. It it's is just weird. the quality is not that high. There's something about bonding. And Peter, you were in a frat, so those, you're probably used to a lot of these. This this. Oh level yeah, that's of right. I always forget yeah, this level of communication. Yeah, this sort of plane <laughs> yeah, that people exist yeah, on. Yeah. I've never been that like the the male bonding kind of around porn guy, but I've right. known people like that. And I've always it's always seemed very foreign to me. Like it's so I don't weird. get it. Like 
I used to have a bit about um, this is back in the days of people watching porn tapes, you know, like a VHS tape. Right. And I had a bit about how you should never watch porn in a room full of people. And because I had experienced it, because like I'm at like some get together at someone's house, some dude and all his friends are there and they're like, put in the porn. And then I'm like, well, this is fucking bizarre. There's like six dudes like watching porn in a room. But they were all into that. Like that was a thing they did. But I had a whole bit about how I don't even remember all the specifics of the bit, but about how it seems like a good idea at the time. But then like fast forward to 10 minutes later, everyone's sitting there completely silent with a pillow in their lap. Um, and then you see all kinds of weird, awkward O faces at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. People trying to break the tension. It was. Yeah. But like uh, there are people who do. They like they pass porn around and like, hey, check this out. Check out her jugs, man. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I've I've never. Look what happens when you fast forward it. <laughs> That's what we used to like to do as youths. I mean, we would fucking look at the actual porn act for maybe like a couple seconds, and then yeah. it was just sort of like making fun of the plot or like yeah, yeah, turning people's butt butthead with porn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I kind of like that stupid sophomoric sense of humor. There's a part of that in me that'll never die. Yeah, I can talk about that stuff, but in the moment, like actually sitting around watching or emailing porn to people, I'm like, I, I don't even. It's like a foreign language. You might as well just tell me to speak Chinese. Yeah. I don't. I don't even connect with yeah, that, yeah. with that <laughs> level of like bonding or that relationship to other people. I'm a loner anyway at heart, so I I don't have a lot of group interactions anyway but especially when it's like hey check out hey uh i got that thing for you uh make sure i'll put this on your calendar and look tits yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> at the bottom of the email like that i've never understood that yeah see that to me is so i've i mean i'm obviously a woman so it's different yeah. for us i mean we've never understood that the only <laughs> thing that we did do like when i was younger with my friends we would all get together and watch those like do you remember those late night hbo software porns yeah yeah yeah. we would watch those and laugh because they were hilarious and they'd be like parodies of like lord of the rings and stuff right and it was just so funny like the shitty acting yeah 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 that stuff yeah that stuff was just funny because it was actually like a storyline right like Poor now, it's there's no story, and the lighting's terrible. I mean, the lighting was almost terrible, but the lighting's real, and it's just like one, two, three, they're fucking, <laughs> you know. But before, at least, there was like a funny you know thing that would now? lead up to it. The um, like the Skinamax or whatever stuff that they show now, like Vivid Video or whoever the the companies are now, it's probably mm-hmm. still Vivid to make real porn. They'll shoot a like Showtime or Cinemax version. And also have a full-on X-rated version of the same movie. Oh. So, there's a if you ever run across one of those things late at night, it's it's been edited for television, right? And then there's actually a full hardcore version of the same movie with like the same scenes and everything, but just completely open. You know? Yeah, and minus the foreplay, probably. I feel like there's I more foreplay still have, on yeah. the late night. Yeah, they probably still have some, but yeah, the the ones that, the late night is all about the foreplay. It's like it's always it's always like an hour of like lead up and yeah. like you all they almost have sex and you see the woman take a shower and you're like yeah. all right i guess that'll that'll be all right for yeah. okay and, and she take the shower with like the music like she takes a long shower yeah. it's like oh she, okay you're clean what's what's going on with the sex part and then they eventually hook up yeah yeah and, and then, see that was more entertaining i thought i mean and more fun to laugh at versus now where yeah it's just like hey well hey. porn is made for men 
It it really is. You know? It really is. Men want they want they they just want to go straight to it. There's no I mean all that plot build up. I mean I know dudes who like plot. I know dudes who are like I need to know like you know how they got here kind of thing in life to be in this room together. But very minimal. And yeah. it's just like, you know, okay, I get it. Okay, I understand. Okay, she works there and he just started working there. All right, now they're going to have sex. Like there's very little character development. If yeah. any. Yeah. Know? Now, well, I checked out once. I remember when I first started dating my husband, I was like, I'm going to, I really like this guy. I'm going to see what's going on with porn. <laughs> see if I can learn some shit. What's going on with porn? And so I went on Pornhub and just like watched a ton of shit and just ended up laughing a lot. But there's like several plot themes that seem to be really easy. The main one I noticed is the realtor. <laughs> the realtor is really big where people are coming to look at the house and she's right. like, here's the bedroom. And then they just start fucking. Right. And a lot, a lot of stepmom porn. Yeah. The taboo. The, yeah. the forbidden. Yeah. The, the, when I was a kid, one of my friends, I mean, this is it's one of those things where like you shouldn't we shouldn't have been watching it. But someone had an older brother or right. they found their parents dash. Right. And it was some kind of taboo thing where it was like family members or whatever. But we didn't care. We didn't. We weren't on that level like, oh, this is so taboo. We were just like, look, sex. You know, we were like right. 11 years old. Right. But th- that was the thing even back then. It's like, oh, okay, it's the stepmother. So the son is having sex with the stepmother, and that's crazy, right? Because that's a fantasy for dudes. It's like this woman lives in my house. I can't have sex with her. And then that's why guys watch those things because they put themselves in the fantasy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm actually – it started – well, there was so much of that. That for my job, I'm actually writing a movie right now called MILF Inc. about a bunch of older ladies who start a prostitution ring with younger guys who have these like fucked up Oedipal right. fantasies. Right. Because it's super common, according to Pornhub. You're introducing me to all of these actresses. <laughs> all the you MILFs. You got it. You got it. All the MILFs. <laughs> you got it. So You'll you be the first guy on set. You got a MILF thing? I have a sick, yeah, yeah. Petey just did a like fist pump thing. <laughs> I'm gonna do the realer game. I'll put her on the counter, show her the current. <laughs> it's the motion oh of the ocean. It's a good tie. That's a good. I like what you did. It's a good tagline, right? Yeah. 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 That's good. Fucking a. So you can share that with your <laughs> group emails. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the biggest highlights. I rarely open any of those emails anymore. But the most fun thing is seeing this old. 65-year-old man I've known for all the time. Just his name pop up, because right off the bat, I know this is like some sleaze, and it just makes me laugh out loud. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of a nostalgic thing. Yeah, we're all going to be dirty old men someday. There's going to be some version of that for us. Not me. No, you won't. (laughs) You won't, but... It's it happens. Every generation has their dirty old men. So I don't That's know what's, what's it going to be for us. I don't think it's going to be you, Andy. I don't think you're going to be a dirty old man. I don't think so. <laughs> no. I but some of those dirty, sure. some of those guys you can see it happen yeah. decades in advance. You know, the guys who are a little too handsy, they're a little oh, bit too guys, uh, flirty. Yeah. And then when you get older, like people let you get away with shit more because they're like, oh, he's an old man." Yeah, that's true. And they're like, "I'm in." <laughs> like, yeah, I've yeah. been waiting years to be able. It's to like do perfect this. for those guys. Yeah, per- perfect for me too, guys. Like the preacher guy, <laughs> the guy at uh, Aretha's funeral who groped Ariana Grande. Like that's some dirty old man shit. Yeah, that is. You know, that's like that. Oh, let me get my let me let me go ahead and. Yeah. Uh, or like Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you see, he got me too. I heard about that. What like happened? In the last year, he had an aide 
over at his house who said she got her ass grabbed or slapped or something. The guy's 95 or was at the time. Did yeah. he, I don't know if he died yet he or hasn't kicked died, off, no. but he's, you know, he's way up there. And they get more horny as they get demented. Like, that is kind of a function <laughs> of declining mental capacities. Is it really? At a certain age. Oh, yeah. So you get more, like your sex drive increases? It's not even so much the sex drive, but I think it's kind of like a misattribution of arousal a lot okay. of times. And All the barriers know, go away, too. Yeah, all the barriers the go filters. away, your amygdala, your social cues, and you're probably not getting hard-ons enough to like not be really excited about it every time it happens, you know <laughs> what I mean? This might be the last one. Yeah, so you're kind of like... Yeah. So well, yeah. didn't, didn't uh, wasn't, but it went away. I mean, George Bush Senior had his yeah me <laughs> too thing, where he's like, he's like, he's in a wheelchair, he's in his nineties, and he's got yeah. his what's this? He had a stock joke that he always used or something like. Oh, I don't know what. It, yeah, he had a line. He would like put his hand on a girl's ass or something in or, photographs and stuff. Yeah, I had a pretty good tweet about that where I said, you know, in a final act of compassionate conservatism. George H.W. Bush dropped a handful of his nurse's ass to hold his wife's hand as she transitioned <laughs> into the afterlife. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? You got to have fun with this shit. I guess it's like those old Nazis, you know? You're never too old <laughs> to be me too, you know? It's like, this guy's 97, you going to cut him a break? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for the black guy who tips. It's a living. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing voiceover work soon. PD Steele. So, Andy, tell us, what do you got coming up in the uh, comedy show world? Um, When is this going up? Next week, uh, This will be Monday. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to pull my calendar. At the end of September, on the 27th, I'll be at the uh, Overachievers show. Oh, good. DC Comedy Loft. 28th and 29th, I'm featuring the DC Comedy Law for Brooks Whelan. Nice. So three nights in a row at that that place. Uh, October 14th, Cellar Door in Frederick. Actually, that was supposed to be this weekend, but it got moved October 14th. And then November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, Magoobies. Oh, who are you going? For? Are you headlining Magoobies? No, nah, I'm featuring. I don't even know when he booked me. He didn't tell me who was headlining. I don't know if it's on the website yet. I don't even check. I'm just like, yeah, I'll take the gig. Whatever. I'm, I'm not picky about that stuff. Yeah. That used to be a thing where it's like, I want to network with so-and-so. Can I work? And now I'm just like, oh, just, you know, I'll take the gig. Whatever. Yeah. What, what the fuck? We need the gas fare. Right. Well, that's good. Um, Lena, what do you got coming up? Uh, on Saturday, yeah, the Saturday after this comes out, I'll be hosting the three guys on mic That's here right. at the Draft House. That's right, ten forty-five. So, yeah, on Saturday, uh, it's ten fifty-five, really, but yeah, get but here. Come, get a drink, right. sit down, get here at ten forty-five. It's a really fun night. It always gets really packed out, and I'll be there the whole time, taking you guys <laughs> on the journey. That's work. You haven't done that yet, have you? I haven't done... I've hosted before, but I haven't done Not this show. show. Yeah, you're steering a big ship, basically. Yeah. So it's a little... I mean, you got a, like 17 to 20 comics, so it's like yeah. a workout. <laughs> you keep going up and down on stage. All right, give it up for... Okay, next. Give it up for that guy. 
next up. You guys got yeah. some energy? Come on, guys. You know. Yeah, I've noticed I start running out of ideas around Comic 10. Yeah. And you just got to, it took me a while to be like, it's okay to be like, and your next comic is right. sometimes. Like, they don't, when there's big shows like that, they don't need a cutesy yeah. thing every single comedian. Because no, you're not going to do credits on yeah. an open mic, probably. Yeah. And then, like, how many times, because this guy, a good friend of mine, uh, this next comic is very funny. Yeah, yeah. You're going to yeah. love this next comic. Yeah. So-and-so is, and then you got, like, five things, right. and then you're just going to start repeating them yourself. again. Yeah. Absolutely. And not to get repetitive, but we must talk about all things Draft House DC. And coming this week, we have my main man, Robert Kelly from Comedy Central, HBO, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. You can see him on the 14th Friday as well as the 15th Saturday. Two shows each night, 7 and 9 p.m. Get online, buy tickets, and also make sure to follow us at Currents DC on Twitter, Counter Currents DC on Instagram, and the Counter Currents Facebook page for a chance to win uh, several free pairs of tickets. Just like our page, it'll put you in the running, and we will give out some tickets. Um, additionally, uh, this Sunday, the 16th at 7 o'clock here we have Who Wants to Be a Grad Student, an interactive comedy show. Doesn't say who's involved on the website, but I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't heard about that one. Yeah, it's something that. like where they take up questions of standardized tests. Some are <laughs> real and some are kind of made up and they okay. just like, you know, flex them out to the audience and see who gives the coolest postmodern mad lib type like answer. those google interview questions like how much does a plane weigh or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to like you have to explain to them how agile your mind is by like well uh, you know here's my f- way of thinking about that yeah it's like glumosity a placebo to tell you you're smart when you've lost everything you know? right yeah so uh andy where can they find you well i'm on uh hey pete just walked in Thank you. Yes, Pete it is Andy Pete Klein's birthday, birthday, birthday today. Pete Fahering. No, no, you're off by a year. No. No. <laughs> four to four. Four. Four, four. Kick in the door. Mm-hmm. Wave in the four, four. All you heard was Andy. Don't hit me no more. Um, I have uh, Twitter. Vintage Klein on Twitter. People okay. spell my last name wrong. It's K-L-I-N-E. Vintage Klein. Andy Klein on Instagram. Every now and then I'll post a picture of a cat. Um, mm. And Andy Klein on Facebook. What's the other ones? Um, Am I on any other ones? Instagram. I'm not on Snapchat. Instagram. I don't snap. I'm not on Snapchat. Uh, AndyKlein.com, but I never update it because no one checks websites anymore. They all go to your Twitter Fantastic. or whatever. And 3 for the podcast. You can get it on Stitcher, iTunes, everywhere else. The album is called Vintage. You can get that. On iTunes and Tidal and Spotify and Amazon and Google, whatever. And Google if you music. like Petey Steele, you must like 3GO because I've been on 62 episodes. Really? You got? Yeah. Are you still counting mm-hmm. 62? All right. What's yeah. the milestone? 100? Should I mean, we do whenever you guys, whenever I get too problematic for you guys, that's <laughs> when the ticker stops. You know? Yeah. Well, that ship sailed a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So you can follow Petey Steele at Steelborn DC Instagram, Petey Steele Facebook. I'm back. Ah. Um, Blue Steel DC on Twitter. And then, uh, Elena, give them your math. 
You can find me at Elena Blondita on Instagram. That's where I post the most. Uh, just Elena Torres on Facebook and just Elena Torres on Twitter. It's not too bad. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening. It's been a great time. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for having me. For coming and visiting us on your birthday. Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah, I, I did you guys a favor, really. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I could have been somewhere eating cake right now. Cake, 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 cake. <laughs> Well, thank you for coming, and we're out.